All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. It is Wednesday, March 9th, episode 285. This is the show where young salespeople come to get after in their careers. I'm your host, Tommy Tahoe. Uh, excited for today's episode. I've got an interview with Alexis Scott. Let me tell you about Alexis for a minute. She is the partnerships manager over at Aspireship. Uh, you might know that I had the COO of Aspireship, Christine Rogers, on the pod uh, at some point about a year or two ago. It was an amazing episode. She talked a lot about team first, people first leadership, a lot of passion around that. And Aspireship helps to uh, help transition people that are not in sales to get them into sales. So they, they give you essentially free training for a few weeks, a training program to go through. And if you make it through, uh, they help you to get hired at top tech companies. And so it's free to you. Um, and it costs the, the companies something uh, to work with them because they're getting pre-trained people. So if you know anyone that's interested in getting into sales as an SDR in tech, uh, definitely hit them over to Aspireship. This is not a paid ad, but I do believe in what they're doing uh, and I've seen it work for people. So definitely check that out. Um, so Alexis runs partnerships there. Prior to that, uh, she was in sales, she was in marketing, customer success. Um, she was all over the place. And um, really felt feels like she found her true calling in the partnerships at Aspireship. And so we talked about uh, Alexis calls matchmaking her superpower. We talk about partnerships and what that actually means from a job and what it is that she's actually doing for people that might be interested in that path. Um, and then she gets really real in the second half of the pod, talking about how she landed at Aspireship. It came from uh, some difficulties that she hit in 2020 when you know, life and, and your career can just take you by surprise and kind of hit you over the head with adversity and how she responded to that and how it, it turned out in a really great way for her. So I love talking to Alexis. I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. Let me just make a quick ask before we go there. Wherever you're listening, please hit subscribe. Please leave a review. If you're listening on Apple, that would mean the world to me and help this show grow. Would also love if you hit me up on LinkedIn. My name's Tom Alemo, and I post just about every single day about sales and growth mindset and personal development. So show some love if you like this. Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Alexis Scott. Let's go. All right, Alexis Scott, good morning. Welcome to the Millennial Sales Podcast. How are you? Good. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, we were just talking about how great of a culture it seems like it is uh, over at Aspireship. Had Christine Rogers on um, you know, a number of episodes ago. So I'm excited to chat with you too. Yeah. I remember when she recorded that. She enjoyed it greatly. So I'm excited to be here and hopefully following in great footsteps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, real quick though, I, I noticed you went to SF State. Are you a, a Bay Area local or where are you? where did you grow up? I grew up in San Francisco, actually, okay. like city proper. I'm not one of those people that says that I grew up in the suburbs and says San Francisco. Yeah. Like I'm legit. Oh, really? Where'd you go to high school? I went to high school in San yeah. Francisco. <laughs> okay. Got you. Got you. There's, I've been there for about uh, almost six years now. And it feels like there's, there's a very few people that I meet that are, are from there and still live there. Uh, most of us are, seem to be transplant transplants, excuse me. So um, just wasn't, wasn't sure what the, the city life was. And I know the city's changed so much. And, uh, since the time that, you know, we were kids, uh, so I, I can only imagine how much it's changed. Yeah. So I actually am a fourth generation San Franciscan. Uh, wow. my, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the St. Francis hotel. My great grandfather yeah. was a pastry chef there. And so we actually wow. have some of the menus from when he was there. Um, and then, you know, my grandparents ended up buying a house. The house was being built. So if you can imagine, um, you know, that's the time frame that they were establishing, you know, their lives in San Francisco. And then my parents, my mom, like, never left. And then I grew up there. Um, and I thought I would raise my children there. But because of the way in which the city changed, we made some decisions to not do that. <laughs> um, yep. But it will always be close to my heart. It's one of the most beautiful, like, geographically beautiful cities in the world. Absolutely. Did you inherit any of that pastry chef uh, skill or, or not so much? No. So my daughter <laughs> loves to bake and it's funny. There's like a recipe. We have a family recipe that is from my great grandfather and it is not written anywhere. 
it is only passed down. So hopefully that will continue. My daughter knows it now by heart, but it's, it is funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, well, I have to call out like, you know, one of the things that really struck me when I was prepping for this interview is your head. I think it's your headline. Um, on LinkedIn, uh, or, or maybe it's from a post, but that your superpower is in matchmaking. Yeah. And I think, I think when we talk, when we think about partnerships, it's not, there's, it, it's not a, a role that we necessarily have had a lot of folks on uh, to this podcast in the past. There's been a few, um, but, but it tends to lie more in, you know, AEs or sales managers or CROs or, or something in that line. So I'd, I'd love to just hear like, from you, when you say like my superpower is matchmaking, what, what exactly do you mean by that? What I mean by that is I have a very uncanny or easy ability to put like and like together. I can assess very quickly what things would, would flow and what would go nicely together. I, I, I know where you're talking about. It's on my LinkedIn. It's in my bio. But, um, you know, when I think of meeting people, I can very quickly figure out their likes, their dislikes, characteristics about them. It makes it very easy to connect for me. And it also like gift giving is another superpower. You can ask the Aspireship mm -hmm. team, like every year I gift people a pair of socks. It's like my little tradition. And, and every pair is thoughtfully selected for that person. Um, I just like, I, it's, it comes very easily to me. And, and the same with, you know, people in roles, like I do it at Aspireship all the time. I'll meet a candidate by chance. Like I'm, I'm more on the employer side of things at Aspireship. Um, but every now and again, I'll connect with some of our graduates and I'm like, oh, this person would be perfect at this company because I have a sense of the hiring manager's personality and I met this person and now I know their personality and I'm like, oh, a match made in heaven. Um, so it's, it just comes easily. I guess that's why I call it my superpower. I don't have to think hard about it. I just like have that natural yeah. ability. Yeah. Why? Um, I think when I think about people that I know in my network and, and in my circle, there's a lot of value of being the person that connects two people, whether it's for a job, whether it's just because they're like-minded, whether it's one might be a customer of the other one or whatever it might be. Um, if there's a, if there's a relationship that grows from that, at least in my experience, you always remember the person that connected you. Absolutely. That's a really powerful position to be that if you are doing that, you know, for one person, you know, that's great. But if you start doing that tens of times, dozens of times for you, maybe hundreds of times, thousands of times, like that really adds up. And that begins to kind of build your reputation around people. That's like, you know, Alexis knows people and she knows who to connect you with if you're looking for something. And it's just, to me, it seems like a really powerful person uh, position to have. It's interesting that you classify it as powerful. I never thought about it that way. And maybe I'm thinking of powerful in a different way, but it is in the sense, and I made a post about this last week. You know, I firmly believe that one connection or introduction can change the trajectory of someone's life. And mm. that is why I will always go out of my way to make those introductions. Um, mm. Whether it be, you know, like you were saying, someone who I'm doing business with, who I think, oh, they, they need to know this person, or whether it's a job seeker that I'm thinking, okay, who can I connect them to, to, to get them to that next step in their search? Um, whether it be mentorship. I mean, there's so many ways in which we can connect people and, and create meaningful relationships. Um, it's, it's what like gives me life. It's, awesome to see. And I love my favorite. And I, I always, always, always do this when someone is doing that for me, the follow-up of like what happened is the best part. It's like, okay, so how'd the yeah. conversation go? How tell me more? Like what happened? Um, I love that. I'm like in everybody's business. Like <laughs> I want to know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is there a way that you like keep track of all this? Cause I'm sure you're connecting with people all the time. And so you might talk with someone a month ago that was looking for this and then you happen to talk to this other person that that would be the right fit for. But do you keep notes of this? Do you have like a Google Doc? Is this just like because it's your superpower, it's all in your brain? How do, how do you actually like get like make these connections so frequently and, and, and make that happen for people? It's all in my brain. I mean, I know that <laughs> sounds weird, but it is like I, yeah. I just it's, it's really interesting. I had it. Like a slow, so in my last role, my entire team was wiped out 
that's a different story for a different day. I am still very close with a lot of people that I worked with. And I, I don't want to, I don't know that I'm like a formal mentor per se, but I definitely give career advice to the more junior, you know, associates that I was working with. And mm-hmm. whether it be like strategy for them, I'm like, okay, here's what you need to do. Or whether it be being a sounding board, whether it be, you know, just idea factory, whatever it is. And one of them slacked me on Monday and said, why do you help us? And I was like, I don't think I understand the question. Like, what do you mean? Why do I help you? And he's like, I just like, I've noticed that you go out of your way to help us with our careers. And I'm just wondering why. And I said, two things. Number one, I love you guys. And I will always love you guys. And number two, like, I find so much joy in helping you figure out your path. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like, it truly is what kind of gives me purpose. You know, it's like, yes, we have work and that's motivating, but like, if I can take what I know and help others figure out their own path and way that's, that lights me up. So I keep this all in my brain in my little brain factory and I take <laughs> these conversations, right? I take these individual conversations and I, I have like little folders, little file folders in my brain. And it's like someone rings the bell, right? I hear a word or I hear a phrase or I hear a, I'm looking for this and I think, oh my God. I talked to so-and-so they're looking for that too, or, Oh, you need to meet so-and-so. And I, like I said earlier, I will always go out of my way to make that connection. Mm. Could we talk a little bit about um, partnerships in general? I, I want to, at, at some point we're going to go back in time a little bit and learn how you got to where you are today. But just yeah. while we're on the topic of connecting people in partnerships, could you just explain a little bit like, the day-to-day, I know you do a lot of things, but like, what, what is the role exactly at Aspireship um, that you're focused on? Yeah, so my role, I'm the manager of employer hiring partnerships. And okay. really the reason that we identify it as a partnership is because the relationships that I'm building with our, our partner companies um, are intended to be long-term relationships. I tell people, you come to me because you have an immediate need, but really our goal is to be your trusted resource on a long-term basis so that whenever you have this need in the future, you immediately think, oh, my experience with them was so great. Let's just do it all over again. Um, it's, yeah. it's not a transactional sale. And so when we, you know, when I'm looking at partnerships, I'm thinking of, you know, a, a B2B relationship. However, it goes much deeper than that. And it extends far beyond the signature of the contract. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, my role at Aspireship specifically, you know, Aspireship is a two-pronged business. We train people in software sales and help them get hired. My role is finding great technology companies who are really interested in finding that untapped talent, those diamonds in the rough, the people that you're going to hire for potential more so than that resume. Mm. And for folks that aren't super familiar, we'll link, um, you know, Spireship in in the show notes and everything, but I've had a lot, you know, I've been kind of on a tear recently because I have some family members that are seniors in college looking to get into sales. Um, And so I've been trying to hook them up with people and get them connected and kind of follow uh, your lead on some of that. But yeah. could you just explain a little bit like Aspireship when you're, if someone's, you know, a college senior or they have another job and want to get into sales or get into tech sales specifically, like what, what exactly do you learn there? So Aspireship is an on-demand SaaS sales course. It's about 20 to 30 hours of learning only because there's practice projects built in. So depending on how many times you want to go through them in practice, um, at the end of the course, there is a final assessment. So we're attempting to determine competency. And if you can prove competency, we will help you get hired for the grand total of (laughs) $0.000. But <laughs> the, the best part. I know and people are like, so what's the catch? There is no catch. And and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, which is why I feel so good recommending it to literally anyone who is interested in learning more about software sales. The course itself is a mix of, you know, sales process and sales methodology. So we're trying to give as solid of a picture of a, what is it actually like to be a sales rep? And B, what do I need to know to be successful as a sales rep? Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a mix of that information. But it, I, I tell people this, if they're like, I don't know, I'm like, take the course. If you decide throughout the course that this is not what you want to do, fabulous. You have now saved yourself a job from hell that you're not interested in. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, some people, sales is not for everyone. And that's the reality. And that's okay. No one's telling you it has to be. 
But what better opportunity to, to test for that and see, you could go through the course and be like, this is awesome. This is 100% what I want to do. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to show I can do it. And I'm going to kickstart my career. We have hundreds mm-hmm. of people who do that very thing. There's also a group of people who start it and they're like, wow, this is actually not what I expected. And that's okay too. Like no, no one is yeah. saying that you have to love it, but it's free. You have nothing to lose. And you know, the proof is in the pudding. We are, our community has like exploded in the last year or so. Um, you know, once COVID, COVID hiring, you know, was frozen for a long time and, and then the market shifted. And now sales reps are in high demand, which means that our graduates are in high demand. And so, you know, if you're looking for a chance to really get in front of a hiring manager with no experience, no connections, we are your connection. We will get you to the front of the line. Um, It's just a very unique opportunity for people. And I'm like, how can you not take this opportunity? It's awesome. It's a good time to be a a sales rep or an aspiring sales rep that is trying to break in or is unhappy with where they are or wants to get paid more. It's, it's a good time. There's a lot of opportunity out there. So, so anyone that's in that position should feel confident. Like, you know, the companies, companies are probably selling you a lot in the interview versus you having to sell yourself. Um, and so I, I've definitely seen that shift in the last like year or two. And it's I, in my career, which hasn't been that long, uh, you know, about what, seven years or so, I've never seen it this one-sided for oh the employee gosh. in sales. It is insane. Even from when I first started at Aspireship, the conversations that I have now with the hiring managers and the sales leaders and the CEOs and founders, they are so different than mm-hmm. end of 2020, early 2021. The compensation, so different now compared to even six months ago. You know, it's... It's, it's a very, very lopsided tilt in the market, to be quite honest. But as employees and, and salespeople, it does give you a tremendous amount of decision-making power. You know, it used to be like, you get what you get and you don't get upset. And now it's totally the opposite. And one more thing I do want to say just kind of about Aspireship training is that we also place AE roles. Um, we, so some, it's a full cycle course. So if anyone is an SDR listening to this and is interested in upskilling and taking that next step, we do have employer partners who are looking for that talent. So don't be shy. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> I've, I've talked to a lot of SDRs in the last few years that, that feel stuck oftentimes that they're at the top of the charts uh, on their team. And maybe it's at an, an early stage company and yeah. there's just not the head count right now, or they're getting dragged out, you know, 12, 18, 24 months, um, or they get to the end and they're like, man, I want to be an AE, but not here. I, I've seen the, the kind of the guts of this company and it doesn't, it's not yeah. what I well, not where I want to work. And so it seems like a great option for, for someone that might be in a position like that too. Oh, for sure. I mean, trust me, we even have folks who are experienced who take the course just because they know that in order to be hired through us, you have to prove competency regardless of experience level. Um, And and they just know that we have really awesome hiring partners. And again, we can get you in front of that hiring manager without having to do, you know, essentially sales on LinkedIn of yourself. (laughs) Um, We can take care of all that for you. Yeah. And you know, something that is, has really stuck out to me recently. You know, I've, I've been in, you know, interviewed hundreds of folks for this podcast, but it's really stuck out in the last six or so months, how many people that are successful that are CROs or VPs of sales or CEOs started in something other than sales and then got into sales. And, you know, my sister was a special ed teacher for 10 years and is now in sales for the last two and killing it. A good friend of mine was an accountant. Seemed to be a lot of like accountant financial people that get into it. Um, I, ima- I have to imagine that there's a good percentage of people that you see to go through the program that are coming from other, other jobs, other careers. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we've recently seen a huge influx of educators. Um, mm-hmm. we just this past week had a very large influx of nurses start the course. Um, Oof, I bet. yeah, we have, we have relationships with veterans organizations where vets will come through the course. Um, it's so funny. I've had people message me and say, like, are there any prerequisites? No, there are no prerequisites. Come as you are. You know, we we believe that sales is a learned skill. It's not nothing inherent, right? There's nothing you can't overcome. And also, no matter what you've done before, 
I would bet my last dollar that you have some variety of transferable skills. They're going to be different for everyone, mm-hmm. but they're there. And so the opportunity becomes, how do you showcase those along with what you've learned to show that you can do this? And I really believe everyone can. I mean, it's it's just a matter of putting in the work. Yeah, especially like let's stick with the, the teacher example just seems so obvious if you're in sales, but maybe so unobvious if you are a teacher and don't think the skills transfer. Like, yeah. you know, if you have the patience uh, to deal with a class, you know, 25, <laughs> you know, 10 year olds yeah. that are doing God knows what in class. And nowadays you're, you're doing it through Zoom or whatever, whatever your, your situation is um, and getting paid, you know, virtually nothing to do right. that. Uh, right. Trust me, you, you have the patience to be thoughtful and, and ask questions and deal with, you know, problem solve for a customer or a prospect. Uh, it, there's no question about it or, or be able to run a sales demo. Um, all you're doing in that classroom, it feels like, is uh, preparing you for something like this. <laughs> totally. Well, you know, you think about different things that teachers do and just like you were saying about doing a demo. Okay, what are they doing all day long? They're in front of the whiteboard and they're teaching. They're demoing. They're showing how yeah. to do stuff. Um, asking great questions. Teachers are generally very curious individuals. They want to learn. They're lifelong learners. They're constantly working on their, their themselves and their skills. Um, they're asking great questions and really seeking to understand. When you're dealing with small children, they're not going to tell you their problems. You got to suck it out of them. You know, you got to figure out why yeah. she's crying and she won't talk to you and whatever. I mean, there are so many things that you take up like in relation to small children and then you apply them to adults and they really do transfer. Um, but I think the biggest piece, you know, for teachers is really that, that dedication to learning, which again goes to show that, you know, if you can put in the work and learn whatever craft it is, that's interesting to you, whether it be sales or anything else, that ability will benefit you. The question becomes, how do you want to apply it? Hmm. So let's on this on this thread. Let's talk about your journey a little bit. I saw um, you've had a lot of different jobs uh, <laughs> yes, in the past that led to where you are. I noticed one in particular as a certified wedding planner. Yeah, was, was that a thing? Can that we talk about that? Thing. So my first hotel job was for Marriott International. Um, yeah. I worked at the Marriott Fisherman's Wharf, San Francisco. Um, oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I was their catering sales manager. And in okay. that role, I needed to get certified as a wedding planner. Um, and I did events adjacent things for quite a while. Um, it's it's a fun industry. Special events and hospitality is a very fun industry. It is also a little bit archaic in the technology world. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a good time. It was fun. It, it's probably from other folks that I know in, in hospitality in different worlds, like it's also kind of a, a grind, right? Because you probably have to spend a lot of time, or at least there's a season of time where it's like nights, weekends, that's a whole, oh, yeah. a whole thing. There's a lot of seasonality. It is not a family friendly profession by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> And so you were at, um, you were at Marriott. So you were, you know, in the catering, uh, part of that you were in sales, like walk me through, like how, like, how did you get from that to like, now we're talking about like SAS and, and tech yeah. and in that world? Like, what was that journey like? It was a lot of twirls. Like imagine a figure skater doing all their swirls around <laughs> the ice. It was not a straight line by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, when I was in, the Bay Area, I, the last place that I lived was Silicon Valley. I had had a sales career for years and years, and I really wanted to get into technology sales. Like I wanted it so badly, which the irony is not lost on me that now I do what I do. Um, I could not get an interview. I could not get my foot in the door, nothing. And um, I, my family decided to move to Boise, Idaho, which is where I live now. Um, and at the time I was a hotel sales manager in Silicon Valley and I'm thinking, okay, well, I guess there's, I'll find a hotel in Boise that I can work at. And I started doing some research and it became very, very clear to me very quickly that the hospitality in industry in Boise, Idaho, um, was about the size of a pinprick, all limited service hotels. The pay was abysmal. Like, solo. I can't even describe to you how low the pay was. Um, 
And I just knew like my hospitality career effectively ended here. Like the buck stops here. I need to figure out what I want to do. And so when I was applying for jobs, I had always been interested in digital marketing. I thought it was sexy and interesting. And I ended up taking a job, um, a remote job, interestingly, before remote was like really, truly a thing for the most part, um, working for a company called Crazy Coupon Lady. I joined their marketing team. Have you ever heard of them? No, but I like the name. Okay. So it's the largest coupon aggregate site in America. Um, it started from a blog. I love saving money, like just as a side note. So I had actually heard of the company. I was super excited, like brand awareness, all this stuff. It became very, very quickly apparent to me that digital marketing was not my calling. Um, yeah. And so I, that was about six months in that I was like, all right, I kind of need to figure out what I want to do. I ended up long story short, taking a job with a company called Vacasa, which it's like technology meets hospitality. If you think of Airbnb, Airbnb is like an aggregate site of all the homeowners listing their properties. Vacasa has a site similar to Airbnb. The difference is they manage all of the properties on the site. So it's not individual homeowners. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm making my way, right? Like we're becoming more technology focused. I still get to work in an industry that's hospitality and travel, but it's it's technology driven. So I was pumped. I mean, I was so excited um, and brought on to manage relationships, partnerships with tour and travel. So uh, tour operators and travel agents throughout the globe. And yeah. that role evolved into me noticing that they didn't have a reservation sales team. and. I thought that was very strange as a sales driven individual. I'm like, how is this even a thing? So wrote up a business plan, um, put it, sent, you know, sent that to my boss, my boss sent that for approval that ended up actually getting approved. So I, I got a team essentially. They were like, okay, build it and we will come. So built that team. They acquired another company team exploded, went from 10 to 70 in like five seconds and COVID hit. And that was wiped away. And I apologize for this for being kind of lengthy, but the reason that this is so important is because this moment right here is exactly how I ended up where I am today. Um, When my job was eliminated, I was laid off with, I don't know, 900 other people in the company. It was March of 2020. So millions of other Americans (laughs) were laid off. Um, And it was very traumatic extremely traumatic. And on one hand, I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? But on the other hand, I felt like I was being set free. And I now had this opportunity to take what I had learned at that job and parlay it into my next move. I didn't know what that looked like at the time. And people would ask me like, okay, let us help you. Because again, well-connected, right? Like I, I know a lot of people However, when you can't articulate what you want, it becomes very challenging for people to help you. So folks, anyone listening, please learn what you want because that's going to be critical to your success in the future. Um, I was unemployed for six months, six full months. And it started out where like literally there were no jobs to be had. Then things started opening up. I started interviewing and it just nothing was working out. And I started to ask myself what was really motivating me every day. And it was helping people get hired. It was helping people make those connections. It was helping people, you know, continue on, if you will, of like, God, I'm so down and I'm so frustrated, but you know what, what lessons are we learning along the way? And once I had that epiphany, I had to figure out what that looked like. Didn't know. And I thought, well, maybe I'll be a recruiter. Maybe I'll just work in talent. I really don't know. And I met the folks of of Aspireship and I met them in various different ways. I met Corey, the founder of Aspireship, because the, an investor in his previous company was like the founder of the company I had worked for. And so we started chatting and, um, he told me about Aspireship. This is really interesting. May of 2020, Corey messaged me on LinkedIn. I still have the conversation. And he was telling, you know, he, he starts out his message and he goes, Hey, Alexis, you know, how are you doing this investor? And I said, I'm not good, Corey. I don't have a job. <laughs> so We start talking and, um, you know, at the end of the conversation, he said, I, I said to him, wow, that's really cool. You found a way to help people and make money. I love that. Um, yeah. 
And then I met Christine, who was on your podcast just through, you know, Thursday Night Sales and Caitlin, our head of um, candidate experience. She like knows people in Boise. So like it was this weird way of meeting everyone. And then when I saw they were hiring, I was like, pick me, please. Like, I don't care what you pay me. I don't care what I have to do. I really just want to work with you. And um, I actually applied not for my job. And so when I applied, they said, like, we're just curious. Like, why did you apply for this job? I said, I just want to work with you. Quite frankly, like you could put me to work doing what job did you apply for? I applied for candidate experience. So like the, the, the candidate side of things, right? Like getting people ready and raring to go with our hiring partners. Um, and I have no experience in that. I just am good with people and I like people and I want to help you. Right. And so Christine was like, here's what we were thinking. And she described my job and she said, you know, we haven't posted this role, but I think you'd be perfect for it. And I'm like, yes, this is amazing. I can take my sales background and I can apply it to really the mission that I wanted to accomplish. Um, And so, you know, the rest is history. I've learned a ton about SaaS sales specifically since I started. Um, But coming into this, being a former sales leader and having my own team, I definitely bring that to the conversations that I'm having with folks who are talking about growing their own teams. Um, it's it's definitely a unique perspective and, and one that not everyone has. So that's been very helpful. And, um, you know, just continuing the momentum of learning as I go and like, I can do whatever I want. It's just a matter of putting my mind to it. Yeah, that's a great story. And there's there's two things that I'm taking away from that one being, you know, your desire to get into tech sales, however many years ago, and you just couldn't find a way in. And it's not like there was a direct line path to get there, which I think a lot of us (laughs) think there will be in our career, or it's easy to look back and see, Oh, like everyone seems to have this straight line path when it's really, it's going in circles and you know, it's going up, it's going down, it's going side to side. And then all of a sudden you kind of find yourself in a place where, you know, you feel great and, and, uh, and you feel more fulfilled. And, and the second part that stood out to me was that, you know, you mentioned when during that, that layoff of, you know, 900 or so people that you, you obviously felt terrible, but you also felt free. Um, like you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe that there was some sort of rock bottom that was hit. And it's like, well, there's nothing holding me back from now going out and, and maybe trying to find something that is is more fulfilling or more in line with what I want to do. And the reason I want to harp on that is because you know I saw just yesterday, right? Like Peloton, no oh no offense gosh. to Peloton, but yep. what they yep. laid off, you know what? Uh, hun- I think it was nine hundred two or a thousand oh, employees. It was, was you know, twenty eight hundred, bet- I believe. Twenty eight hundred. Okay, geez. So you have that. You have uh, you know Better dot com who yeah. did the oh same thing. You know, uh, like right before the holidays and. You know, there's there's no shortage of companies that that this happens to. Yep. And that could just as well be, you know, me or you or anyone listening, you know, a year from now. You just don't know. And so I, I'd love to just get a little bit further on kind of like what that how that felt and, and what that mindset was like. Um, you know, it, it felt like kind of like there was there was some some pain, but also some hope that came from it. Yeah. I mean, no one no one wants to get fired essentially. I mean, you call it, call it layoff, call it what you will. It's fired. You lose your job. Um, there were some things going on in that company and in my role that I was dissatisfied with. And I was consistently telling myself, it's going to be okay. Just continue on, just keep pushing, just keep fighting for what you want. Just keep pleading your case. And, you know, it's funny, the week that I let go, got let go, I actually had a meeting scheduled with our CEO that Monday to discuss my compensation and my title. And wow. um, that that Monday morning, he messages me and he says, Alexis, I'm so sorry. I understand that this meeting is important to you, um, but I have to put the needs of the business first. And knowing what I knew about the business at that time, you know, COVID had just hit my team had went from a reservation center to a cancellation center. Everyone was working insane amounts of hours. Like I got it. That made total sense to me. I didn't take it personally. I was like, no problem. Please do what you need to do. I totally understand. Would love to get a new date scheduled. That was Monday. By Wednesday, I no longer had a job. My boss no longer had a job. My entire team no longer had a job. And it was horrible, but... Number one, I felt peace and solidarity. So the 
the fact that I wasn't alone and I wasn't singled out and I wasn't like, oh, Alexis, you're terrible at this job. We don't want you to work for us. You know, that made me feel a little better. <laughs> um, but I was not strong enough at that time to say, you know what? Like, you know, how everyone's leaving jobs right now. And they're like, this is the great resignation. We were not there yeah. yet. Like if, if that all went down now, I'd be like, peace out suckers. I'm going to go find a place that's going to pay me what I deserve and treat me right. And, um, that was not my mindset. I was like, I had one coworker. I'm not joking you. I would cry to her probably once a week in the morning, um, and confide in like everything that was bothering me and that I, I just couldn't get this and I couldn't get that. And I couldn't like make things work the way that I was trying. And when I lost my job, like I wouldn't have had the strength to leave. And then they did it for me. And guess what? Now I was living in a whole new world. And I probably took a good month or two to really grieve and, and feel the loss, which I know sounds crazy. It's a job, but there was a lot of grief. My identity was really tied up in that role and my team and mo you know, like I had all these people that I felt quote unquote responsible for. Um, but once that process ended, I was inspired. Like I was ready and raring to go and, and figure out what it is I really wanted, what was important to me and what that next step would be. And I took my time to choose. I remember about four-ish months into this process, my husband was like, babe, what's the deal? Like, are you going to get a job? And I'm like, I cannot stop now. I am going for like the one. I'm not going to settle. You know, I really want a job that's going to motivate me and inspire me. And they're going to appreciate me and make me feel valued. And, you know, all the things that I want or that are important to me, um, I wasn't willing to sacrifice. I felt like I had already done that. And so um, it was, it was almost like this is, this is going to show my age, but like, you know, Mariah Carey, of course, the emancipation of Mimi. Like, that's what I felt like. I was like, okay, friends, I am free and I am ready to go. Um, but yeah, it was a process. And I posted about this the other day, but you know, most people have this misconception. I believe that they're going to leave their job and find a job in five seconds because the market is ripe. And quite frankly, that's not the case for the vast majority of people. Like you quit your job or you leave your job or you look up, get like, let go. And it's going to take you three to six months, you know, on average to find that next role. And that's okay. I mean, I understand that people have financial, you know, limitations and some people can't afford that or whatever, but I just want people to know that if it's taking you some time to really find a, a meaningful job, you're not failing. That's normal. And, you know, I, I just like, I want to make sure I say that very clearly. Like it takes time. It takes energy. It takes resilience. It takes creativity. I mean, it's, it's a freaking sales cycle. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, uh, and we can, we can maybe question the, uh, the, the logic of this decision, but I left the job intention, you know, on my own in, in yeah. April or May of 2020. Uh, you know, which was, you know, looking back, maybe not the smartest move, but, uh, it took, you know, a, a few months, it took probably three months to find something and that first job wasn't the right one. And so I ended up, you know, it ended up being a short stint yeah. and, uh, and found something in, in, in total from first job left to, you know, landing at Gong it probably took me six, seven months. Um, and, a yeah. you know, I call it a mulligan job. Uh, <laughs> it, so it, uh, so we'll look past that one, but, you know, um, I think that's that's super true. It's it takes a lot longer than you might think, especially in my case. I'm not, and probably for you too, because you weren't expecting. It wasn't like you were on the job yeah. hunt yeah. proactively. Um, you know, I didn't know what I wanted. You know, it wasn't like uh, you know I was hunting. Hey, I really want to work at this one company, and right. I know it's because of right. A, B, and C. And you know, I yep. was I was talking to companies that had a hundred thousand people. I was talking to companies that had two people. And in uh, every every sort of product that you could think of, so it took a lot of kind of soul searching and conversations. And the more you talk to people, and the more time you spend on it, you get a little bit closer, and then you end up finding something that that I think okay. feels intuitively right. And also, you know, I mean, I'm assuming this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that my assumption is correct <laughs> that you have done a great job of maintaining relationships with people throughout your career, and so you have a network that you can reach out to. Um, the biggest mistake that I see is people who are dead silent to their network until they need a job. 
That is like the fastest way to fail. Um, and I wasn't like super active on LinkedIn when, um, I was not looking for a job, but I was active and I did maintain relationships. Um, when I lost my job, obviously kicked that up about a thousand notches, but I will never go back to not maintaining those relationships. Um, for a myriad of reasons, but, but truly like yeah. if I am ever in a position to where I need a new role, I at least have a Rolodex of people that I can say, Hey, I'm looking, you know? Not yeah, absolutely. I, I was thinking about this when the, when the better.com and again, I, I mentioned them twice. I don't know much about their situation, so there's no, no disrespect to them or Peloton or anything, yeah. but um, just the fact of hundreds or thousands of people getting furloughed, you know, you get on a zoom call, yeah. And, you know, you're all, you're all fired. That that's just a tough situation. And, um, you know, I've been thinking that it really, it, it, it takes a lot of proactivity, I think for folks that you should be thinking about that. Cause that could happen to anyone. If you look at those companies, oh yeah. you know, Peloton, you know, in particular, like th their stock, oh, you know, throughout COVID, like that was, you know, record breaking stuff. Like you would think, Hey, if I'm there, you know, I'm at the top of the top. And so you just never know. And yeah. so you need to always be spending time, you know, you know, connecting with your network, talking to people, you know, maybe having some order of some other uh, sort of income on the side uh, that, you know, prepares you if you're not focused on one source of income. And so that if something ha that happens, you know, whether it be financially, whether it be for a career, whatever it might be, you're, you're ready, you know, you at least have some, some, some hooks in the water that, uh, you don't have to actually start from zero that you got a little bit of stability if, if the worst case does happen. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I am naturally extroverted generally. Like yep. you're asking me, like, how do you remember all these people? How do you remember? I'm like, oh, it's all in my brain. Like, I understand yep. that not everyone is like that. I understand that it's not everyone's inclination to randomly check in with people to say hello. Um, but if you are a list writer, put it on your list, check in with one person today. You know, you can, there's ways that you can tweak it to make it work for your personality, but maintaining relationships is so important. I believe like, mm. I, I, I really believe that they, people will come in and out of your lives throughout its existence or your existence or their existence. But someone that you connect with today, you might not talk to for two years. And then guess what? They say, Hey, we're hiring for this job. I thought of you. Holy cow. I hope you talk to them. Yeah. You know, I hope you talk to them between that time to make them think of you again, you know, but um, it, it can go the other way also. Like you can think of someone who you could help in, in a year or two or whatever it is, but just those check-ins, those little moments of caring go a long way farther than people think. Yeah. It's in its, it, it's simple, but it's, it's pretty easy to do too. If you have a, a list of people, you know, write down 50 people that, you know, are important to you in your career. Right. And you text two of them a day for a month, or you text one of them a day and you talk to each of them once every other month, all you need to do, you know, maybe once in a while, it might be more meaningful, but it could just be like, Hey, Alexis, uh, was just thinking about you to help. Like, how's everything going? Hope you're doing well. And just something like that. Um, that just kind of like, Oh, your name pops up and then you're like, Oh, Hey, I was just thinking about you like this, this, that, and the other. Wow. I was just talking to this person. If you want to be on the receiving end of a connector like you, it's good to stay top of mind with other people so that when opportunities come up, you're the person they think of, not the other person that, you know, has similar characteristics to you. Totally. Totally. And think about the lift on that. How hard is it for you to say, Hey, I was thinking of you. How are you doing? 30 seconds. If that, my God, I mean, it's so easy, but you know, we, even myself included, we don't do it enough. I believe like I, it, little meaningful moments can be so powerful. I totally agree. Um, I want to hit you with a couple rapid fires before we, oh, okay. before we I'm take ready. off. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So first up, we're big learners on this podcast. Uh, I'm not sure if you're a reader or not, but if you are, I'd love to hear any books that have impacted you in, in your life, in your career, uh, any topic, any genre is fair game. Okay. So um, the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle, as a woman and as a mother, it spoke volumes to me. Um, it is about, you know, creating the life that you want for yourself and not letting others around you dictate how you live your life. 
very meaningful and important to me. Um, from a career perspective, 360 degree leader, John C. Maxwell, um, when I was at Vacasa, a senior leader at that company, I was, I was, you know, confiding in her and she was a mentor to me and I was explaining some struggles that I was having. And she's like, read the book. I promise you, if you read the book, it will help. And it did. I mean, and it's literally what it says, like leading from above, below, alongside, um, and really leveraging relationships to make the most out of your career, which was awesome. Yeah, those are those are my two. If if you want, uh, if if the listeners want a ten to fifteen minute breakdown of of Untamed, that was actually the first thing that Christine and I talked about um, because she told she, me to read it. <laughs> yeah, oh, she was. Um, I think I had just read it. My fiance had told me to to read it. It was impactful for her and Christine. I remember she was wearing a, a cheetah yes. sweater or something. And that was what, and maybe the book was also in her background. I, I can't remember, but that was like the first thing we talked about. So oh my um, gosh, that is so I'll, funny. I'll put a, I'll put a plus one on that. Yeah. How about any other resources? I'm not sure if you're a podcast person or, uh, you know, newsletter or, you know, I know you're, you're active on LinkedIn, but any other people or, you know, shows or anything that you tune into that have been helpful for you recently that you shout yeah. out? So a group that I am actively involved with is called Thursday Night Sales. Um, Amy Volas and mm. Scott Lease run that show. And I joined, this is really funny because when I lost my job due to COVID, I saw it on LinkedIn. I, the very first one, I was like, oh, I need to go to this because I wanted to get into software sales. <laughs> and so um, I joined that group and I've been a part of it ever since. Um, but I just really love the sense of community that they've built there. Um and, and the knowledge that they drop consistently, it's been really helpful. Um, Scott and Richard also have the Serpent Sales podcast. I was a guest on that. Um, I love that they have like similar to what you do. It's different people, different topics. Um, oh, you know, somewhat sales related, but just conversational and interesting and not super scripted. That's kind of my jam. I'm not big on the like formal stuff. I really like just getting to know people and understanding them better and learning from what they have learned. That's that tends to be what draws me more than anything. Also, yeah, absolutely. Oh, for people in sales, please go follow Samantha McKenna. She Ooh, is yeah. 10 out of 10. I just love her. I love her personally. She is such a sweetheart. And the knowledge that she shares consistently, I'm like, save post, save post, save post. <laughs> She's so good. Yeah. Those four are all uh, Sam, Richard, Scott, Amy, uh, all giants in the yeah. SaaS sales world. Go, go subscribe or, you know, follow them on any platform that you can get them. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, what goes on in the um, Alexis Scott headphones on uh, Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you tune into uh, to you know listen to music? Well, I a couple things. So I'm I'm on a big Justin Bieber kick. I can't believe I just shared that with the world. <laughs> so every morning okay. when I get in my shower, you hear Alexa. I'm a believer. Play Justin Bieber, and my husband goes, <laughs> "Oh my God, not again." <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I've been I've been on that kick lately, um, but I'm actually a big country music fan, believe it or not. Um, so my Pandora channel is like country pop. That's that's one of my faves. Or like yep. today's hits is another one. Like super pop and country focused. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned at the top of the show that one of your other superpowers is uh, giving great Christmas gifts, or maybe just gifts in yes. general. Um, I am, I am any, a, any, any, any tips for those that are not, uh, gift inclined that are not, uh, that that's not their superpower, whether it's Christmas or just like, you know, yeah. a thank you to a client, a birthday present for a friend, anything like that, that stands out. Pay attention. That's my advice. Pay attention to there what people are eating, drinking, talking about. Um, I even have a list. So this right here. Can you see this is a list of everyone on our team and their favorite fast food restaurant? Because if I ever want to give them a little pop of joy, I now have it written down and I can remember and treat them to that. Um, but did you ask everyone? I started a random Slack thread about fast food to be like, <laughs> okay, who's gonna fight me? I think Taco Bell's the best, and then everyone's like, oh, I like this, I like that, and I was like, Okay, just jotting down my notes <laughs> as everyone was That's replying. Hilarious. But you is know, Taco Bell number one for you? 
Well, in Idaho, yes. In California, I am an in and out girl. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Yeah, I do like in and out quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think like pay attention. The, the more you get to know people and chat with them, the more you can find out. I make little mental notes all the time. Like if someone tells me, oh, I have a 10 month old daughter. Okay. 10 month old daughter all in here. And I will, I will remember that's like a knack. I just, I will know. So, you know, I just, I have a weird memory bank, a weird memory filing cabinet. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's, that helps you in, in sales and in life. Um, Who's someone that, whether they've been on here or not, who's someone that you'd want to see uh, come next on the Millennial Sales Podcast? Have you talked to Zoe Hartsfield? Uh, we we have something scheduled for later this okay. month. She's great. She is just this, I don't know how to describe her. I've actually had the pleasure of meeting her and getting to know her in person. So okay. know, definitely friendly with Zoe. Um, it's, I don't know how to describe her. I mean, she is so brilliant and so talented, um, but still so aware that she doesn't know everything and has a lot to learn. And it's this incredible mix of humility meets brilliance meets, you know, inner beauty, outer beauty. Like she is just the real deal. And she's super smart. Like she's got such great ideas. So I think you will have an incredible conversation. I love her. She's amazing. That's a great, that's a great, um, another great follow for, for, for folks to, uh, to check out uh, on LinkedIn. She puts out great stuff. Um, Alexis, this has been an absolute blast. I mean, first of all, anything that uh, we didn't touch on that you wanted to get into, um, feel free to, to, you know, jog my memory, but otherwise would love to just hear like, where can folks, if they want to connect with you, if they want to tell you about their favorite fast food, if they're <laughs> interested in aspireship, whatever it might be, what would be, how would uh, you recommend they do that? Yeah. So I am very active on LinkedIn. You can find me, my handle on there is Alexis J Scott. Um, and you can of course also find, find me at Aspireship. I love to meet new people. I, we can talk about Aspireship. We can talk about sales. We can talk about fast food. We can talk about Christmas gifts. I mean, we can talk about whatever you want. I just want to meet really genuine people who care about others and who want to grow and learn. I feel like that's who I am and what I'm about. And like it can, you can be, you know, come as you are. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what industry you're in. If you're cool and you want to learn or, you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm an open book. I'm, I'm happy to meet people and chat and, and learn more. I love it. So everyone definitely go, Hit Alexis up uh, on LinkedIn. Flood her DMs with your favorite <laughs> fast food, um, <laughs> and, uh, and and just generally, she's a great follow as well and puts out some great content. So I would definitely recommend checking her out. Um, Alexis, I appreciate you coming on. This is a hoot. This is a blast. Oh, I, I really enjoyed so it. Hopefully, we can do a part two sometime. Yeah, I would love that. I really appreciate you having me on here. Um, I love what you're doing, and it's just. I feel honored. Thank you for including me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for checking out that episode. Start of the year. Let's kick some ass. Again, one of my goals for this show is to get as many subscribers uh, wherever you're listening here uh, on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Subscribe, leave a review, and then hit me up on uh, LinkedIn, Tom Alemo, uh, or any of my other socials at Tommy Tahoe. Look forward to connecting with you there. Peace.